Do you like extra content? Do you like supporting your favorite creators? Well, do we have good news for you? We have a patron. No, not a Patreon, a patron. What's the difference? Literally nothing, except for the fact that our patron is through Podbean. We have donation tiers at $1, $3, $5, $10, and $15 per month. At $1, you can join our Discord server and have access to monthly bonus content. At the $3 tier, you can watch our unedited video versions of our podcast that are definitely not safe for work. To join, just visit our link tree in the episode description and click Become a Patron. All right, and welcome everyone to this uh, new episode of Drunken Jurors. I'm Jeff. I'm Adam. I'm Nick. And this week we actually have a guest. It's our second guest ever. Uh, everyone, welcome Matthew King from the This Time in History podcast. Thanks everyone for having me. Um, by the time this comes out, our episode on yours will come out. So yeah, Nick and I actually guested on an episode of um, This Time in History, so go check that out. Came out what day did you say the 15th yeah april yes. 15th april 15th yeah so this comes out on the 18th so perfect oh perfect timing look at right? us yeah it's like we planned it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this week we're gonna we're gonna be covering alan legere right that's how you pronounce it yeah yeah legere linguini not linguini <laughs> yeah, <I was> gonna... <laughs> okay i was gonna try and be as in as little insensitive the french as possible but um like italian is pretty close yeah (laughs) um yeah this week i'm drinking a a shitty bud light seltzer and then i also have some bush Um, usual. this week i'm drinking uh still more leftover uh taskmaster how oh i still have two more containers of it (laughs) why (laughs) why'd you make so many were you planning on dying at the end of taskmaster because i like literally 20 minutes left in taskmaster i made a whole new picture <laughs> you're a fucking idiot all right nick what are you doing i got myself some bud light light oh god damn it <laughs> i still have a case of that sitting in our fortunately it's warm I still have that shit sitting in our living room uh yeah, you if you're uh Matthew, if you're drinking anything, go ahead and tell him. If you're not, that's well, also I gotta, fun. I gotta drive later, so I'm drinking the Pepsi throwback. Oh. Every right. every every spring they release it and you I don't get it any other time of the year. Oh. I haven't uh, seen that one in a while, actually. I'm a I'm a Pepsi guy, so I look for that. I uh I don't know. The only soda I ever drink in Canada is blackberry soda because it's delicious and it's not in America. We also don't call it soda. It's just pop. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, we'll talk about how you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I, I call it pop, Adam. Yeah, yeah it's, you, you're also it's wrong. It's soda on the East Coast, and that's where I learned it from. So, right. I've lived. I lived in a lot of places, Matt. So, <laughs> all right. Well, for people who don't know who Alan Legere is, um, Linguini. Yeah, Adam Linguini. <laughs> Alan Linguini. His name's Adam Linguini now. That's your name. Nope, it's your name now. Hi, it's Adam Linguini. My name's Adam Yolke, actually. Oh, fuck (laughs) All right, yes. (laughs) If you don't know who he is, he was a serial killer in the 1980s up in Canada in uh, fucking the city of... I already forgot. Miramichi, New Brunswick. Miramichi. I'm gonna butcher that so many Mere more machine. times. It, it, sounds, it sounds like I've, it's being pronounced by someone with a wired jaw. It, yeah, it's <laughs> like I, I. It sounds like someone who speaks French is trying to pronounce it with a wired jaw. Like <laughs> <laughs> Mermachi. So my sources, because Adam and Nick didn't do anything, my sources are I watched hey a documentary there. that was a documentary that was on YouTube. It's uh by crime stories it's season one episode one the monster of miramichi by bill courage and richard belzier and Every then i also I have hear it, i just think of miramichi <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is gonna be a long Mur. one <laughs> Mur. Uh, my other one is from 
like Wario trying medium to medium dot com, I guess. You done? We'll talk about it. Don't interrupt <laughs> my jokes, Jeff. <laughs> These are high quality and you can cut them out later, okay? <laughs> All right. So Algier was born on the 13th of February in 1948. And did you say it was like Chathead? Chatham Head. Chatham Head, New Brunswick. I don't know if you can tell this, but Jeff did not take uh, French class in college. I did not. I didn't take it in high school either. Oh, man. Matt's actually just here to be Jeff's pronunciation guide. Yeah. No, no. I didn't take French past grade nine. You know, I was sitting in. We did. Yeah, that's way more than us. Listen, this is a true story. I was in grade 10 French class. And the French teacher came up behind. He started massaging my shoulders, and I dropped the class the next day. Ooh. Yeah, that's that probably makes a sense. power. That's a smart move. Yeah, that's yeah. No, I could barely make it through Spanish, and that's literally what eighty-seven percent of the people in America speak at this point. So, I <laughs> I can't I can't even focus on French, which is a language that we don't speak here. So, I I literally failed pretty much every Spanish class second through 10 this is coming from the mexican yeah. like <laughs> yeah you get wider and wider every time you speak i swear it's it's a gift honestly really. this is this is the most mexican nick's skin tone has ever looked and i don't know why uh, it's the lighting he actually has a light yeah. in his fucking room <laughs> so alan grew up without a father his father was not in the picture, and his stepdad one night, Nick, this one relates to you, my guy, his stepdad one night left to go to the store and never came back. Yes, but that was my real father. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable, like though. This guy definitely had it worse. He had two parents disappear <laughs> on him. <laughs> so, throughout this, uh, we'll learn that Alan has some pretty deviant sexual behaviors, and he definitely got those while he was a child, because there are stories that um his since his mom was a single mom they lived in a very small house and he lived in the same room with his sisters he would often masturbate while watching them undress in the room and then that led to him being like a peeping tom and masturbating and at people's windows and stuff all that really odd weird shit people do that is very creepy yeah that's just very <laughs> creepy um but it makes me uncomfy yeah i i also don't know what any of us would do if we were going through puberty in that moment as well like i mean well, I'm an i only can child, tell you so i can I don't know guarantee you i would not masturbate like. to my siblings that's not I'm, happening i'm an only child so i don't know anything about this but i'm like if you're I don't know, going through puberty well, with all that happening around you like who knows i mean game of thrones did yeah. it why not them <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just an endless stream of bombardment. I'm not ready for the continue. Oh god, I don't even know where to go from here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um we know that to be uh pretty much true because he's the one that told us that. We that's an actual fact from him. Um he was very proud of his uh physique and he worked out a lot. He was a very tall, muscular man. Um, which you in the documentary I watched is very true. He was a big son of a bitch. And from what he did to people that we'll get into later, he was strong as fuck. On the scale of Mark Wahlberg to Dwayne Johnson, like where does he hit that? Uh probably like mm, or I closer, guess Tom Holland. Like, <laughs> I guess Tom closer Holland. to uh probably Mark Wahlberg and like right before or maybe right after painting game. Not quite that swole, but he was a big fucking guy. Taller? He's taller than Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg's like 6'1". Oh, I thought he was like 5'9". No. Who doesn't love a French brick wall? <laughs> Apparently the French, they rebel every other fucking year, so. Oof. Oh, what's that noise outside? <laughs> ah, it's Thursday. Time for the monthly rebellion. <laughs> the revolution is coming. <laughs> Why are, it's a week what, earlier than last month. Why does everyone have torches outside? Looks at calendar. Oh, son of a bitch. I'm a day late. What? <laughs> Hold on. 
the French still use torches. Is that what you're saying, right? No, they like to light shit on fire. Yeah, I like to picture the French have never technologically advanced since their first revolution. I, I'm it's glad the we're carrying and the torch. Well, Matt, you're not French at all, are you? Are you? Um. It's somewhere in there, maybe like one sixth. But, I feel like um, it's also a difference. We're making fun of the French, not necessarily yeah. French Canadians. <laughs> because there is a common theme on this show. Fuck the French. Hey, it is a very was, common theme. When was that a thing, Nick? That was uh, from the Hirohito f- episode. <laughs> yeah, we, we have made fun of the French almost every time they come up. Also, we do make fun of everyone, though, because America yeah. <laughs> America is also with- not great. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Just uh, when when you start making fun of Canadians, then we'll uh, then we'll talk. Are we I not don't, supposed to do that? Is that off limits? I should I should have been given a heads making, up. Making when making fun of Canadians, it's not even like mean because it's like, oh, you guys apologize. Like, okay, like <laughs> nothing we have to say about you guys is mean at all. No, that's true. We do apologize a lot. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Your guys' uh, sorry is like our op. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, squeezing right past you there, and our oh, gotta get by. It's the same thing. So Alan also had an obsession with religion. He uh, often would use, or at one time, he ran into a church shirtless and proclaimed that he was the one true path to God. Who hasn't? I, I have no idea what age he was at this point. Who, who, who hasn't at some I have, point? I have not. Oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this is a youth thing, Nick. Huh. Sorry, my, my Catholicism is showing. Yeah. I'll put that away. I'll put that away. My bad. Yeah. Let me hold on, let me put that away real quick. And then in 1979, Alan got into trouble with the police for getting into a fist fight and then proceeding to stab a man in the face with a broken beer bottle and twisting it, almost completely removing the man's cheek. Ooh. And then he uh, proceeded to pull out a knife on the police when they came to arrest him. Oh, that's bold. Uh, he was a very, very well, aggressive gotten. man. I don't know, Matthew, uh, you, you want to tell us a little bit about the city? Kind of give us a vibe of what what was going on in the area or what it is, I guess. So I've never actually been to Miramichi. Um, Bless you. My fam- my family grew up in in Fredericton. My my wife's family's from Miramichi, and my co-host he actually lived through the Alan Legier mess because uh, his family's from uh, Miramichi as well. I all I can recall are the stories that uh, that he's told me, which. Uh, with the timeline it's 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 not the right time maybe a little bit later but um it's uh a lot of people used to they used to have their guns handy uh when he was around especially when you know we'll get into it later but when he uh escaped yeah well i actually have a section in here to talk about that um from all i I got yes I have a question. No, no, I was going to ask a question about just Canadian law enforcement in general. Okay. Um, so do, do all areas rely exclusively on the RCMP for, uh, like actual crime enforcement or do no, no. Do some areas actually have a municipal law enforcement that isn't just peacekeepers? Yeah. So like, uh, Toronto, has their own uh, police force and a lot of cities in Toronto have their own police force. Uh, I know Quebec has their own, uh, I think Montreal has their own police force. Ottawa has their own police force. Um, The bigger cities do. The smaller cities like New Brunswick, there's not really a, you know, Moncton's a big city, Mm -hmm. but New Brunswick almost entirely relies on the RCMP specifically because we're talking about, uh, machine so i know that like down east even like nova scotia pei uh newfoundland they all rely on um mostly on rcmp um to give everyone a little bit of an I- geographical idea uh miramichi is one of it's on the eastern side of canada it's right off i don't think it's on but it's pretty close to the atlantic isn't it because i know that it's known for its fishing because of the river that runs through Yes. Yeah. So it's on the eastern side of Canada. That's the best I can give you. 
um but yeah like i said it was known for its fishing that was like a really big like tourist thing for them what yeah, state is it above jeff i don't know probably fucking vermont maine maine, maine? maine? Right. oh that far there we okay. go there right. we go there's that, that's how we'll align ourselves okay so uh, for the people so that don't know where the fuck maine is yeah uh, for those two brazilian <laughs> listeners that we have um and the and the south korean um it is current. It is popular. The current population of Maine is two people and a moose. So, <laughs> the, uh, the the Maine that's half as much as Canada. <laughs> the the main fishing that goes on there is like lobsters, like really big there. There's a season where um, you're allowed to fish, but you have to wait. If you go in early, you can actually get uh, in pretty big trouble. And then uh, there's like a cutoff point. I'm not exactly sure when it is, because um, when my co-host talks about New Brunswick, most of the time I just stop listening. <laughs> um, but there's a there's a time okay. limit. There's a start date and a stop date, and you can't go before and you can't go after, or you'll get in big trouble. But the lobster that they do catch, they make a lot of money. So I mean, that's a main. When when the fishermen aren't fishing, they spend the rest of the year on EI. That's what I'm told. Like two three months of work, and then you spend the rest of the year on EI. They call it pogey for some reason. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, looking at it on a map, it literally is where the Atlantic goes into the river so there you go yet again if you're listening to this you have internet connection go fucking google it <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless it out you're in brazil and maybe you don't have internet how the fuck this were is... they listening to us i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they download us from their local library and listen to I don't know. <laughs> <Developed> country <laughs> I, so i don't know i've never been the start of Alan Legere's big crime started in 1986, specifically in May of 1986. Um, John and Mary Glendening were at their house uh, at their house after they closed their grocery store, which I'm from what I picked up, I guess their house was right next door to it or like off the back of it or something. Um, so yeah, they just got done closing and then three men just randomly burst into their fucking house. So those three men were Alan Gere, Todd Machette, and Scott Curtis. Um, they proceeded to rob them and then just kill them. Just beat the ever living shit oh, out of them. That's it. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. I don't Definitely know. I don't know. Did he? Happen, I don't think he raped them at the. Nope. They were sexually assaulted. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> there it is. There we go. That's that's that's, <laughs> that's what we were the, That's what I was looking for. Uh, thanks. There we go. So yes, they were sexually assaulted and beaten. Um, John died like then and there. Um, Mary actually was taken to the hospital and was alive, but I believe she died pretty much on scene right when she got there from what I read or watched. Um, after the attack, the police arrested all three of the men and Alan Legere seemed to be the very obvious leader of them because he was... From what I heard and read, um, he's surprisingly charming. And he's actually one of the serial killers that's extremely intelligent. Like, he was pretty smart, even though his crimes were very, like, they're just fucking dark and brutal Savage. as hell. Yeah, just Savage. absolute. Yeah, when we get to the last one, it is fucking brutal. Yeah, they, they found him pretty quickly and arrested him. At this point, um, Alan had already had a history of burglary and assaults. And yeah, I mean, he goes to prison. So end of subject, guys. That's oh, it. Well, well thank right, you cool. for coming out. Do you hate to see it? <laughs> or to Drunken Jurors? God fucking damn it's it. either of the two. <laughs> yeah, really. So in January of 1987, the three men were convicted and sent to prison. On May 3rd, 1989, Alan was escorted to a specialist for an ear infection he had because... Canada's way fucking nicer than the U.S. is. We would what would happen? Uh, sorry, let me. What would happen if that happened in the U.S. If an inmate's like, I got an ear infection. Oh, there's like probably, a prison infirmary. Yeah, there's yeah. an infirmary that, depending on the prison and the state, like depending on a whole bunch of factors, it and will the prisoner, be and the prisoner. Not really. No. Well, also, a prison infirmary. Manson was Manson was in the hospital like, when he died, wasn't? Yeah, he? I mean, and yeah, like, and also like. So for an ear infection, they'd send you to the infirmary. If yeah. like you just got your throat slit by another inmate, 
they're sending you to the infirmary, patching you up, and then sending you to a hospital. And then they have guards that are specifically assigned to go with prisoners to hospitals. Granted, a, a prison infirmary here in the U.S. probably hasn't been upgraded since 1812. So, um... <laughs> they got morphine. It's close enough. <laughs> Can morphine fix it? Can penicillin fix it? Then I, I, don't know I, don't, I feel like that's a pretty good health care. Well, I'm Nick, Nick, I'm going to be real honest with you. If morphine can't fix it, I'm dying either way because <laughs> yeah, I will die from true. penicillin. So uh, That's fair. But they, got, they got like the, the whatever, the, the opposite of okay. penicillin. What? What? <laughs> what the fuck is the opposite? It's, do you mean poison? Because <laughs> penicillin would be the thing that you give to someone to help them. Um, the and, of helping an alternative them to penicillin. An alternative. Jeff, there we go. Penicillin <laughs> is poison to me. I don't think you are. It's poison to me too, Adam. You're not special. Is it amoxicillin? Is that what? Yeah, amoxicillin is the other one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Throw, throw a Z-pack at him and fucking tell him to go home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know what? Fuck Sorry. it. Give him morphine. Hit him with an epipen, also, just for extra yeah, cause. Why not? Bases. Yeah, I'm catching up. You got a penicillin uh, allergy, and you have a amoxicillin allergy. No, they're both allergic. No, we both have penicillin, so they would give oh. us amoxicillin. For me, um, it's for me, it's erythromycin. No idea what that is. It, yeah. it, it's in the penicillin family. That's all I oh, know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so is amoxicillin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if uh, you people have that this you up there. You people. <laughs> you people. <laughs> um, <laughs> here in America, Jeff's allergic to onions oh, and Nick's God. allergic to fruit. So this is it's a wild time. <laughs> you people. I'm not. No, you can't move fast. You people. You people of Canada. Yes, uh-huh. that's what they refer yeah. to themselves as. I'm sure. Yeah. A people, yes. Oh, a, 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 a specific group of people. Oh, God. Okay, so when 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 Alan got to... When they left, they had him... Shack- they had him completely... Yes. yes. They had him completely shackled, uh, feet, wrists, and then chained together. So they take him to the specialist at the hospital with a couple guards. As they go in and they're checking him in, Alan says he needs to go to the restroom. And the officers allow him. And they allow him to go by himself. Um, Alan has. All right. <laughs> Alan then picks the lock with a makeshift key that he snuck in through his rectum. Ooh. So if you're wondering why prisoners <laughs> so are ki- chained, even though they're sick, this is why. <laughs> Wait, because people I've, fake this shit. Do uh, do Canadian uh, prisons not do cavity searches? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> uh, so cavity searches, I mean, at least in the U.S., you have to have a specific yeah. You can't reason just to. you can't just go here. Let me stick a finger up there. Oh, you can't. They don't just go bend over and cough. No, like no, 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 no. No, um, surprisingly, watched- that is against one of our amendments. <laughs> yeah, that is blatantly against multiple amendments. Actually, that's. I think that might be against the third amendment. So. Too. I watch a lot of TV. I don't know. He that's, uses- a, that's a that's a really really subtle uh, don't house soldiers amendment joke. So there you go. No one understood it, and I you know. explaining it has only made it worse. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so yeah, he picks the lock on all of his cuffs, um, and then he just runs out of the bathroom. <coughs> As he runs out, he pushes the guard that's in front of the bathroom door, and he just runs. He goes out the front door and. He sees Peggy Oliver was getting into her car, so he uh, took her hostage with a knife that I have no idea where the fuck he got. Might have also been in his rectum. Who yeah, knows? it was up his ass. Uh, up your button around the corner. Was, <laughs> I'd like to think it was in his urethra. That's you. Fuck off. You. I don't like you. For the record, not a fan. You are my least favorite person in the Zoom call right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it's Nick again. <laughs> yes! So he takes her hostage and he drives away in her car. Um, but he does eventually drop her off. But he keeps her car. Because... That makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm starting to think that she was too young for him. Because uh, from everything that I see, everyone that he uh, hmm. sexually assaults is elderly. Well, it's, it's good to know he has some some decency. Well, I also old, feel like he could How old are his her. victims? over 60 from what it looked like 
Ooh. So, uh, <laughs> how old is he? Hold on. How old is he? This uh, is... so in the eighty, uh, he's about forty. Oh, okay. Then I'm I'm less old. Less old. <laughs> Thanks. Kind of sounds like he's got mommy issues. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so I the reason I think he like let her go is because with him escaping and immediately killing someone is going to be awful because he's like one he probably doesn't even know where he's going yet he just ran and then all of a sudden having to find a place to dump a body also is going to be pretty damn near impossible while doing that granted he knows the area he's from there from what i believe or he lived there or something this him escaping caused mass just a mass hysteria in the entire fucking town there's a man who's known to kill people that just escaped and the police cannot find him. Um, scared them so much that over the seven months that he was just on the loose, uh, gun sales went up. And <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, I can. I'm going to take one from the playbook. <laughs> That's what I was telling you. Yeah, they were... The gun wasn't far from their bed. Yeah, people constantly slept with it by their side. The real side question and... is, was it far from their school? Because that's an issue we have here. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, see, uh, for every Canadian joke I make, I have to knock America, too. I got, I got <laughs> bills and taxes, man. <laughs> so not too long after this, on Sunday, May 28th, Annie and Nina Flam uh we're running their grocery store together because apparently he only kills people that have grocery stores so they were they ran this uh their sisters or sister-in-laws that ran a grocery store together and annie ends up locking up the store at 11 p.m but as she did this alan snuck into the house uh because their grocery store was the main floor was the grocery store and they lived upstairs um hours later a resident walking down the street saw that the house was on fire when the firemen entered the home they found nina near the back door with bad burns but she was still alive she actually ends up surviving this um but they realized that she was badly beaten so they then go upstairs after being able to get in there by putting the fire out um when they get up there they see bones sticking out of rubble on a bed and that's where they find annie and dead on the scene she was also beaten and burnt so um the burn patterns on the stairs uh showed that it was arson and also the fact that they're beaten like obviously they weren't beaten and then their house just randomly lit on fire um at the hospital nina talked to the police and she state she stated that she heard someone coming up the stairs and then they burst into her room alan we all know it's alan at this point alan then bound her and threatened her um, just to find out where they had the money. Uh, he then beat her and raped her. Uh, then he tucked her into her own bed and then lights her room on fire around her. And he just leaves. Um, she ended up untying herself and got down the stairs before she collapsed at the right by the back door. The fact how she lived or got out is absolutely yeah. I don't know, amazing. Because from what it sounds like, it was a very brutal beating. Because that, that's just how he is. Like, his beatings are intense. During Annie's autopsy, they found that she had also suffered a similar assault. And they found hair and semen at the scene that they took into evidence. Um, but they got no, like, pretty much nothing else over the next, like, coming days. So they took this DNA um because dna typing was just becoming a thing Mm -hmm. in 1989 and they wanted to pin the flom's murders to alan but they had to wait until the lab was fully built (laughs) the lab was still under construction when this happened really yeah so they had the dna so they could try to match it to him but they had to wait how long until it was built it months later (laughs) oh yeah, the All right. works slow, you know. <laughs> I it's bet just it crazy that... than the uh, the Illinois tollway road construction. Like, <laughs> Adam, you complain a lot about the tollway. You clearly don't drive high dot. No. <laughs> yeah, then you can complain. Yeah, so it's I don't know. It's interesting that this is like 
because he thinks like at this point he thinks he can get away with anything pretty much like dna wasn't really a thing so like he doesn't leave like he can leave you can basically just leave dna around they're pretty much fucked Mm -hmm. but that's ultimately what i guess it doesn't really pin it to him because everyone fucking knew it was him but helps with uh when they put him to trial later so months go by and then in newcastle on friday october 13th uh donna i i couldn't catch their last names donna is home alone and alan sneaks into the backyard the last a, name sorry the last name is uh uh i think you pronounce it uh dotney dotney okay yeah, so sorry, yeah donna and no you're fine oh interrupt as much as you want yeah really <laughs> jeff's used to it yeah i'll edit around it probably not but <laughs> so donna and linda were sisters that lived together and at 11 30 linda arrived home but as she was walking up to the house alan jumped out and hit her in the face the next morning when firemen arrived because the house was on fire they found both of them upstairs in the bedroom dead and they also appeared to have been assaulted i didn't find as much information on this one so if you have any information go ahead and throw it in there but i didn't get much information about their beatings or their assault or anything that was really about all i picked up um yeah that's about what i've got yeah i don't know i just couldn't find anything more on that one but in november is when they finally put dna testing like the lab was completed and they put his they put the hair and semen through it and it was in fact alan so that ruled out the other suspect which was another escapee that happened because there were two at around the same time so that ruled out the other one and it completely 100 just pinned it on alan so now they're still just what really was confusing to me was how he lived there for so long without ever being caught with everyone being so paranoid about him but later from what i saw in the documentary richard ramirez was out for fucking years yeah everyone knew about him but like i apparently he lost like 40 to 50 pounds after he because well he was living in the woods like just scraping by it's fair it's fair but sadly there was a fourth murder and this is probably going to be the one that we talk about the most because it's the one that had the most detail because the house wasn't burnt down so um the fourth murder was of father james smith and it happened on a night in november um they found him because he was supposed to do a service or a mass and he didn't show up everyone knew him as a very punctual guy and by 7 15 he hadn't arrived so they sent two two people from the congregation went over to the house next door where he lived and while looking through the window into the kitchen they just saw a bunch of blood stuff thrown around like the table knocked over and just blood like everywhere so they call the police when the police go in they see the same thing but they find that, like it's just a bunch of blood so they knew the person had to be tortured and they found um they found the father dead by his safe so they okay. think that he was trying to get him to give him the code and he didn't so he finally killed him but the thing about this one is that he was tortured and when they did the autopsy his ribs had all been broken off the sternum. He, oh my god! He had jumped on his chest. Wow! <laughs> Absolutely broke every single rib off Ooh. the sternum. Yeah. But yeah, he uh, he was badly beaten and he had his neck slit. That's what killed him. Was so he was alive when all of his ribs were smashed off the sternum. I feel like he wouldn't be alive for much longer. Does it say whether or not that he got into the safe? He did not. The safe was closed. So, yeah, I guess he just killed him because he wouldn't give him the code, which is wild because... So, they say that he, like, tortured him, and I want to know what that was. That's why I was trying to look up, because, like... What the torture was? Yeah, like, what he did to torture him, because, like, I mean... I like you said, popping after... your ribs off Well, yeah, pretty... but, like, I wouldn't consider that torture i would just consider that killing someone because i'm pretty sure you die pretty you go into shock after that well in my head 
in my head, you know, he would ask him, what's the code? He would say no, and he Probably. would break one rib and then repeat the process until all the ribs are broken. They said I mean, the yeah. only way he could have done it was jumping on his chest. So I don't think he could have broken them one by one. I think he would have just been jumping. Maybe he was just jumping on his chest over and over. Like maybe he would ask him, he wouldn't give it to him, and then he would jump on his chest. Or like stomp on it or yeah. something. It reminds me of like cannonballs and shit. Like how it would fucking hit you in the chest, and then you just fucking pop open like a lobster. So the thing that made this different was the fact that the house wasn't burnt down. They don't really know why, but they're assuming something caused him to flee. Like something happened to where he realized he didn't have much time. Um, but because he left early is why they got they found bloody footprints everywhere. Because he just walked around through the, all the blood. Um, they also found quickly after they found um, James Smith's car in a parking lot along with the boots. After this, at well, around this time, um, there is a cab driver that is waved down by Alan. And he tells the cab driver, the um, cab driver's name is Ron. Uh, he tells him that he missed the train. And once he got into the cab, he pulled out a knife and threatened the driver and told him to drive. Uh, then he proceeded to pull out a rifle. I'm assuming he had a large, like, trench coat because you don't usually, I mean, unless his rectum is just a fucking bag of holding from D&D. <laughs> and you can just stuff whatever the fuck you want in there. And Could be. Adam, test it. His uh, his rectum must be like the the bag that Hermione used to carry around in in Harry Potter. Yeah, I like this. Yes, <laughs> that new canon. Yes, this is oh, what happens. God. New new Harry Potter lore just dropped. Yep, you heard it here first from J.K. Rowling. Um, so while they were driving, um, they the um they in the documentary they actually were talking to the the cab driver. And he said, this entire time I was driving, I was thinking about, should I wreck the car? Like, should I, like, could, would I have a possibility of living if I can crash the car, like, into a <clears> ditch <throat> or, like, into a place with people or something? Like, not killing people, but, like, where people were present. So they would immediately come over and help. Well, while this was going through his head, he hit a patch of ice, which they then started spinning out, and he started fighting Alan for the rifle. Uh, they end up in a ditch and alan doesn't kill him but he now needs a new way to leave so they act like hitchhikers and when they're in the they get into a car with the driver who is michelle mercer who is an off-duty um fucking rm whatever it is rcmp yeah there it is yeah a mountie so uh off-duty Mounty, they're called Mounties. No, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> um, so she picks them up and he threatens her and tells her to drive and take him to I he's going back to um Miramichi, so tells her to drive Miramichi. there. And she's like, Well, I can't, I'm low on gas, so we'll have to stop at a gas station. So they do. <laughs> Alan took her keys, got out, and pumped the gas himself. During this time, she turned to Ron, who's in the back seat, and is like I have a spare set of keys. Do you want me to try to drive off? He agrees. So Alan has to go inside to pay. The second he walks through the door, she turns on the car and they flee. So they flee. Alan's left stranded. So what's he do? Takes a fucking truck driver hostage. And now he's in a fucking vehicle with a truck driver. But of course, she was a fucking uh, police officer. So that information got sent out real quick and everyone's on high alert looking for him because of the murder that just happened. So they immediately send cops that way and they pull over on like a like back road. They pull over the truck and Alan lets the, uh, lets the driver get away. Driver leaves and they go up to Alan. Alan surrenders and they arrest him. And I didn't get into the part about the trial. So if you know anything about the trial, please go ahead and Feel free to let it go. Because I believe this is the first case in Canada where DNA evidence was used to convict someone instead of ex like exonerate them. That's pretty much the only thing from the trial I got. Uh, well, I'm just looking up a little bit here, and it says that uh, <clears throat> he was uh, convicted on charges pertaining to his escape and sentenced to an additional nine years. 
Uh, his trial for the murders began with an indictment in November of that year. So I'm, I'm thinking, it, based on what it's saying here, that his charges uh, for the escape and his charges for the the murders they were separate trials. That, yeah, that's much, I saw. That's, that's as much as I know. Yeah, so it was two separate trials. I actually just got it pulled up. Um, okay. So yes, he got convicted for another nine years for escaping, and then he got convicted at his other trial for the murders. He got convicted of four counts of first degree murder, and it took them just three hours of deliberation. And this is, in fact, the first case in Canadian history where the prosecution was based most, almost entirely on forensic and DNA evidence. Yes. Um, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for at least 25 years and then sent to a maximum security prison in Quebec in St. Anne des Plaines. I don't, I don't <laughs> know what the fuck it is. Oh, God. I think you're wrong, Jeff. Oh, probably. He's not correcting me, so I'm taking it as correct. Uh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to, but uh, <laughs> they, it's also referred to as the shoe, shoe. If that makes it easier. It's Italy. <laughs> Adam, it's Linguini. <laughs> Adam Linguini. Um, but then in 2015, he was transferred to a maximum security prison in Alberta. Um, his, uh, his manhunt was one of the largest ever in Canadian history. And to this day, even at 70 years old or over 70 years old, he is still considered an escape risk. So that's a yes, fun thing. But, but in August of 2020, he he's, he's cause he's eligible for parole now. So he applied for day parole now. Oh yeah. I hold on. I, when I looked sorry, up his I name, even, no, no, I you're fine. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, that's perfect. Cause we're actually probably so, going to get into that right now. So, so he applied, he applied for day parole. And it says here that although the uh, parole board notice does not guarantee that he will be granted the parole, um, because he's never he's always been denied. So, the fuck am I trying to say? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> he, he's eligible, but he keeps getting denied. Same with Paul Bernardo. He's eligible, but he keeps getting denied. Well, I just pulled up um, a CBC article about one of his paroles. And he was asking why he can't be forgiven. And the parole board member replied with, your risk is not manageable. The victim harm is still felt to this day. And you have a number of outstanding issues. I like how they classify them as issues. Mm -hmm. And his latest uh, parole denial was actually January 13th of 2021. So, yeah, he apparently doesn't consider himself violent. Uh, he is also what he told the parole board. Must be nice. But he also says that he was present, but he wasn't the only one. And he was found guilty, but they don't have it right. He says that he didn't commit two of the kills, two of the murders, which is bullshit because they found DNA and semen evidence of both the sisters' murders. Like the flom the flams and uh the other ones that I for the life of me can never remember the last name of. Maybe he's got a twin. Maybe. He doesn't. But maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's his long lost uh, stepfather. Yeah, Ooh. Hey, strange maybe things it's, have happened. Maybe it's Nick's long. Hey, lost yeah, maybe father. it's my dad. Dad, <laughs> dad. So something that you wanted to kind of hit on, and we can hit on now since we've kind of pretty much wrapped up the case, is that uh, Canada doesn't have capital punishment, and for something like this, if it happened in fucking texas that man would have died <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> texas <laughs> fuck in ohio it would have happened yeah so in the, in the u.s he most likely depending on where he committed the crimes he would have been killed for it most likely um but yeah whatever you wanted to say about it we can have a little discussion about it uh nick and i are both i'm pretty sure both pro capital punishment well generally you know because of I was raised in Canada. Why well, from Canada? Um, I always grew up not believing, I guess, in um, in capital punishment. So, but you know, the years go by, you get older, and I will admit that even though that there are, it would have to be the right person at the right time, and there are people that I would make an exception for, 
Alan Langier is definitely one of them. Paul Bernardo is another. Um, they're they're so lucky that they're Canadian and that they committed their crimes in Canada. Because if, the, like you said, if they were in the U.S., they'd have been killed. Uh, it depends where in the U.S., but yeah. Hey, yeah. They, so how many states still have it? Like, I'd have to effort that, but I mean, it's not. It's hold on. I, can look uh, I got it. Go ahead. Keep saying what you're saying. So one thing to keep in mind. Granted, it hasn't happened. I think the last case was like oh five. Was the last time. So the federal government still has capital punishment. So like it, to be clear, in any state in the U.S., you can still be subject to capital punishment, assuming you committed committed a federal crime involved. So like, say say you committed a triple homicide rape in uh, Illinois, but one of them was in Indiana. Indiana, there therefore, two things might happen. You might get extradited to Indiana, in which case they'll give you the needle, or the feds will come in, make it a federal case, and then you can be subject to capital punishment in that case. Even in California? Yep. If it's a federal crime, yeah. California is still a still part of the union. It's still a federal crime. They might okay. the state of California might fight it, but it is still subject to federal laws. Yeah. So uh 27 states still have so over they're, half. They're, there have been cases where like someone's done something extraordinarily heinous in like California, but they cross over the border into like, is Utah borders? No, is Utah Nevada? Nevada. Say they cross into Nevada. Then they'll just extradite them into Nevada and then they'll be given capital punishment in Nevada. That, that stuff like that has happened. Yeah. If it's like a big national crime, Mm -hmm. like, like, like you said, the feds have to get into it and the feds will take it. I don't, think there's been a federal capital punishment in a fucking minute federal execution yeah i i'm on the boat of i i think capital punishment is deserved for certain certain things like certain people like serial killers i i definitely like there's something so mentally off with them i'm not saying mentally ill people should be killed because that's not right but like no. also uh, uh, an interesting also statistic an interesting statistic only 17 people were executed in 2020 um so yeah okay post greg executions but i think uh, that there is like with serial killers because they have their brain is made up to be a um sociopath or psychopath like they're not going to lose those traits since nineteen time. since nineteen sixty three, this is non military executions. Um, since nineteen sixty three, sixteen people have been executed by the federal government. The most recent one was January sixteenth, twenty twenty one. Murdered three women. I mean, murdered Women. three women in Paxita refugee research refu- refuge. Uh, he murdered three Mar- women in Maryland. I think it was a wildlife refuge okay so he or if it's committed on federal land so like if it's federal land it's federal jurisdiction therefore they're subject to federal laws and federal example, federal then, punishments so for example then uh why didn't manson get the needle manson was never I, was fully california. yeah california or, or california and I, I honestly don't know that much about manson uh, oh, manson okay. i don't think was ever 100 percent. they couldn't so how capital punishment works here is you have a full separate trial so you get convicted and then you have a trial to see if you're going to get the death penalty so you have a capital punishment trial oh and when you go to that they have to prove like 100 they did it and like basically uh, nick back me up here i'm what? losing it um so like when you because like i just said so you go to trial you get convicted and then you have your capital you have a, so so in the U.S., it's you have your trial where you're convicted in which uh, capital punishment is put on the board, and then there is an automatic mistrial. Well, like Automatically, there is a mistrial if you are found guilty of capital punishment, um, in which case the entire ordeal has to be started all over again. And then there is the potential for another mistrial off of that one. And then most of those are granted because it's such a serious. There's typically three trials whenever there's a capital punishment case. So like there, there are people who, obviously there have been people who have been wrongly executed. And 
it's bad. Should never happen. Ten, ten guilty should go free for every innocent punished before one innocent is punished. That's something I'm a firm believer in. Um, but th- it's a, it's a very rare because there's three different trials with three different juries. Yeah, because one of them is the one that different like, judges in three different venues. I was gonna say they also the the third one is like appointed to you after you're convicted. Like you automatically get an appeal yeah, trial. Yeah, that's the, yeah. The third one is like you automatically like, get to come back and try no, no, to no, prove. no. This the second one is an automatic. The third one is like a hey, here's it's typically granted just because it's such a serious thing. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, and the and in those cases, you know. Nowadays, there has to be DNA evidence. There has to be eyewitness accounts. There have to be photographic evidence, physical evidence. There's got to be so many fucking things in order to get that to get through the first trial. And everything needs to be done legally by the books uh, to the law. All the warrants need to be valid. All of the seizures need to be valid. All of these things need to be valid. But if done properly, the United States judicial system is very good at weeding out false cases. If done right, though. If done properly. 95% of the time, it is. And then you hear about the 5%. Wow. You hear about every one of the 5%, but uh, 95% of the time, everything goes how it's supposed to. And then you hear about the 5% for the next two years. It's usually because of one piece of shit dumbass yeah it's usually who, you know there's, who bro- there's, who just went yeah. into the house there, without the warrant yeah there's like, a cop there, and like so here, here's the thing um so like if if a if the if the warrant is signed at 205 and the cop goes into the house at two o'clock everything on that search is now illegal is now insubmissible because the warrant was not signed that's how stringent shit is wow all right, but with that, that is the end of our uh, our little recap of what Alan Lashier did. Um, Matt, thank you, you so the, much. Can you for... say the Can you say the city one more time? I have to look at it. Mayor Machine. Mayor Machine. I have like I want to say yeah, it so yeah, bad, like I don't remember. Bite. I don't like an under. I know it's dude. like it's like Mayor always Mayor there, but I have to look at it to Mayor make sure Mayor I get everything it's right. Mayor it's Mayor like the Amanda Bynes show with but Mayor <laughs> Machine. Mario and Amanda Bynes combined. I'm happy now. So yeah, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. And go ahead, use this time, plug yourself away. Do anything you want to say. I'm just glad you guys uh, t- took a trip up north. Yeah, I think this is this is our first international one in a while. No, think- yeah, yeah, we've had a couple in of a while. Ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you for uh, having me on. Um, my podcast is called This Time in History. It's a mixture of history and um, uh, shedding a light on uh, social justice issues. Uh, sensitive topics like suicide and domestic violence and sexual assault and uh, CPS and homelessness. Uh, we have a, we want to try to end teenage suicide. Um, there's way too much of it that's going on in this world and in every part of the world. We've done cases all the way in Australia. Um, and we also do history as well. Um, We've got some interesting things coming up. Uh, we're going to be starting um, the War of 1812 uh, probably closer to the end of this year um, and then going forward with the World War and the uh, Roaring Twenties and, and so on and so forth. We're also starting a, a third. Uh, so we put we put through three episodes a week. One is a mini-sode, which is um, almost always on uh, the the sensitive subject of suicide. We have our main episode and uh, starting in May, we're gonna be interviewing, because here in Ontario, uh, it's municipal and provincial election season. So we're gonna be interviewing uh, potential candidates to find out uh, where they stand on issues and get them to state their intentions on the record and then hold them to that. So we should do that with fun. our politicians. 
I don't think we're getting anyone, but you know, I'm down. <laughs> it's not happening on this podcast, but in America, well, we Jeff and I, that. Jeff and I now live in the same voting district. So, yeah, well, fine. I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but here specifically in Toronto, um, I'm pretty sure it's like that all across Canada. But specifically in Toronto, our rent control is out of control. Our grocery prices are up. Gas is ridiculous. And How much is gas for you right now? Uh, well, we do liters here. You missed that whole <laughs> the last time. Okay, yeah. Um, we do liters here. Right now, we're at uh, I think it was a a buck seventy two a liter. Okay, hold on, Adam. Do Adam math that. Adam math it. Why are we having Adam math something? Okay, so, so you said. Okay, so you have a you said a buck what per liter? A buck seventy two, I think, is the last I saw it. Okay. So one liter is a quarter gallon, roughly. So yeah, roughly the same price as us right now. Yeah, that's about what we actually got. probably a little bit higher. Uh, uh, no, you, Canadian dollar is usually about like ten to fifteen. This cents is a stronger lot of math. Than the dollar. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> um, or math, yeah. U.S. Whose idea was this? Uh, okay, so uh, Canada's dollar is a quarter more than the american dollar yeah. right now well yeah that's it's that. a dollar one one of ours is a dollar 26 woo inflation that's a different podcast it's a dollar 26 for you people um <laughs> you can't you can't, you can't that. do that <laughs> jeff edit something around there make it look <laughs> no, we should i should i i can edit in something worse <laughs> bring pull back the clip of nick uh talking about war crimes and then i'll be happy <laughs> yeah so you horn that in i uh oh oh, oh he froze he froze he matt froze if big. you can hear us you frozen i'm frozen okay, oh, there you go oh now you're, you're okay. back we didn't you're hear back. a word you said <laughs> oh i'm sorry i don't know why that happened um no i was just saying like uh Oh, uh, we're we're never you gonna froze. hear about You froze right at the start of the sentence again. What about? Am I okay now? Yeah, you're good right now. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> um, no, it's just I just want to be able to uh, for the politicians, the, the candidates, to declare their intentions. Uh, we're gonna have one episode a week leading up right until the week before election season so it's going to be great uh you can find my podcast on spotify i'm on google podcasts i'm on amazon music audible and i'm trying to get on apple but it's 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 a friggin nightmare i guess i think yeah. it's because i'm canadian it, yeah <laughs> apple i think was one of the more difficult ones that we eventually got onto because we just went through a different site but <laughs> we had people do that for us <laughs> Yeah, so by thanks. people he means me, but yeah, <laughs> you you people. <laughs> so Bring thank, it back to that. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Because I'm allergic to penicillin. That's yeah. the reason, right? <laughs> yeah, discrimination against that penicillin allergies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so thank you everyone for listening. Um, if you go to our link down in the description, you can find our link tree. Click on it; it'll give you everywhere you can listen to the podcast. It'll give you all of our social medias. And the top link is become a patron. You click on that, it'll take you to the Podbean website. And then in the upper right-hand corner, become a patron. There We have different tiers. The $1 tier, you get into our Discord and our monthly uh, movie podcast with Adam and I, where we we watch a movie and Adam gives little tidbits of information because I don't watch movies. So uh, it's getting me caught up on everything that everyone's already seen. But this, more fun. This month's is actually relating to drunken jurors. That sounds very True. interesting. It's this month uh, for <laughs> April. We're doing. Uh, is it April or is it May? I don't even remember where we're at right now. It's I May, th- isn't I, it? I think it's May. It's May. Wait, well, what in May. We, hold on, because we did. What was the first miracle. one? I think so this first, month is miracle. <laughs> the first one was a night's tick, tale or night's and then tale, tick, then tick, tick, tick boom, boom the matrix so may matrix May's miracle then miracle and then uh 12 angry men is coming up uh 12 angry men's coming up somewhere I in love here. that movie i love that movie the original not the remake yeah the yeah, black and white one 
Yeah, with Henry Fonda. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's so good. I'm I'm I have a film degree, so I'm like trying to get Jeff to watch some of these movies that are um you know of of importance or I think are really good. Um so so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good so time. There you go. Everyone you get it at one dollar. Yeah, one dollar a month, and you get the podcast. Outside of the free ones that we release four times a month, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're not that one. So <laughs> the three dollar tier, you get the unedited videos, and going up from there, you get different stuff. If you do like fifty dollars a month, maybe you'll see Nick's feet. Who knows? Um, yeah, but <laughs> I don't think I signed up with, for that. <laughs> with that, Nick, do the thing. Um. Do the roar. Oh. Do a <clears throat> thing. Don't do the same old thing. It's been three years. Do something different. Hello? <laughs> no. Alright. No, no, not that. No. I'm gonna edit that in when uh, Adam says you people. Yes! <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Alright. Use, <laughs> use that as like the bleep instead. <laughs> bleep out you people with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's gonna make it seem like you said the N word or something. <laughs> Oh, what else is new? Ah, all right. Goodbye, everyone.